How's it going? Good. I well, missed you. I missed y'all. It feels like it's been so freaking long, <laughs> but honestly, days are months in in current times. So true. Truly. True. And then you look back and it was all a second. It was all, it was a, dream. all a second. It was. It was. What's new? What's happening, ladies? Oh. Well. Got my uh, first shot today. Hell Pfizer yeah. COVID vaccine. Didn't even hurt. No, it's after like After she nothing. got my arm. Yeah. I was like, was that it? She's like, that's it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> My first dose was my friend Paolo. I don't actually know Paolo, but he was very nice. And it felt like nothing. But then last week for my second dose, my friend Alice did it. And it was like absolutely nothing at all. I didn't think it could be more nothing. Look at that brain with the memory of the names. I was like, Alice, are you sure? Alice. It was done. And then later on, I was like, oh, yeah, she did it. My arm hurts like shit. <laughs> right? Me. You're like, did you give it to me? Mine's starting to feel like progressively a little more sore now that I. Oh, weird. You're just not touch supposed it. to think about it. Yeah. It hurts as I touch it. Yeah. <laughs> Jabs her finger into it. Ow. <laughs> well, I moved, so that's good. We got your an place tour. It's gorgeous. Thank you. It looks amazing. Thank you. So it's there's still work to be done, but you know I feel like it's constant. Yeah, it's a I constant. feel like you got a lot done and not a lot of time. It's true. That's why right? this does feel like we haven't seen each other in years. Yeah, it's true. gorgeous though. Thank you, my ladies. Thank you, my ghouls. I also got a new car. Oh, yeah. what? What is it? She got a, a Subaru Forester baby. It's such oh, a good wow. car. My friend Jess has one. Yeah, it's That's real awesome. cute. I So years ago, Steve got a Forester and I was like, okay, you hippie. Right. <laughs> and now I'm like, Forester is life. <laughs> they're pretty cool now. And the wheels are cool. I like them. Yeah, they're really cute now. I like the current body style, so I'm I'm excited. The dogs enjoy it very much. Poppy is feeling real safe. Lots of oh. space. Yeah. Angus is like hesitant, but you know, he'll figure it out. He will. What color did you get? Is it white? Uh, black. Black, yes, always okay. black. Okay. My soul. Yeah. I don't know. They were I was like neutral color, please. And they were like white, and I was like, uh, uh, "No, absolutely not white. Actually, yeah. I only want black." <laughs> yeah, you're like, actually, just kidding. I was like, "I'll consider the dark gray," but in my mind, I was saying, "I will not consider the dark gray." <laughs> no, uh, but no. we love her. Wow, we've got exciting yes. stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. The people are probably like, "Yeah, okay, get on with it." So with right. that said, huh. we're the Golden Ghouls, Alyssa. Kylie. Emily. And it's time to get spooky. Y'all, you know what I've been really missing? Going to the movies. Oh my gosh. And as such, (laughs) today we're talking about haunted movie theaters. It's like that escaped me that we were talking about movie theaters. Because it's such a great subject. 
Who does? Do you guys hear that? That's my cat's litter box going off ah. right now. <laughs> Ollie, get it together. Excuse her. I'll mute that. I'll mute us for the rest of that. So go ahead, talk it out. Movie theaters. But yeah, I just you know I used to love going to the movies, and now I don't get to go there. So I said, why not reminisce on the old times? Right before the pandemic, our like big movie theater here, Alamo Draft House, are doing this Ooh-ooh. thing called um, like season pass or something, where you paid like twenty nine dollars a month and you could see unlimited movies. And so I had started going to the movies like by myself, mm-hmm. which was a fun thing. And I was like, this was my new treat yourself day. I would just yes. go to the movies like by myself early evening when Steve was at work. And now I'm, I miss those times a lot. That's come beautiful. Back. Yeah. I'm ready to get that I back. miss that for you so right? much. Well, for years, I was like afraid to go to the movies by myself because I was like... I always felt sad when I saw other people doing that. Absolutely. But now, now you get it's it. Like, I get it. I totally get yeah. it. So if anyone has ever been scared to do that, here's me saying, do it. Absolutely. It, it will change your life. It's such it's such a great time because you don't have to say a word to anyone. Yeah. You can just focus on yourself, immerse yourself in the yeah. film, relax, yeah. eat yes. all the snacks. It's it's perfect. Honestly, an owl draft house is the way to go for that. Because I'm telling you, it I really love is. fine dining by myself. Oh, yeah. So, same thing. I've, I've yet to dine by myself, but. Oh, oh I've done it. If it's you guys say that's, that's a little more move. weird. One time I did You get it, used to it. And I took a picture of myself doing it because I had like a great glass of wine, a beautiful salad. Yes, and I was yes. like, this is great. But I was at a booth, right? So I was at my, I was facing the whole audience, right? Of people. <laughs> and I thought my flash was off. It was hot. I looked like I was taking a picture of the room while I was eating by myself. Oh, honey. <laughs> it, was, it was beautiful. Honestly. You know what? These things happen. Yeah. And, you know, who are those people? Nobody. No. Exactly. Ever gonna see I have again? a great picture of all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Never forget. All those people you went to dinner with. That one. <laughs> one yeah. So here's our, us saying, do the things by yourself. <laughs> and enjoy the you time. You deserve Mm -hmm. it. Well, I can kick us off with a a little theater. Yeah. Um, I should have asked Steve if he's ever been here because it's in Syracuse, New York, and he's from, or he grew up in the area. But this is the Landmark Theater, and it's said to be the most haunted theater in all of New York. So, yes. All right. It was originally known as Lowe's State Theater, and it's a historic theater from the era of movie palaces, which were like a big thing back in the day. It's located on South Salina Street in Syracuse, which I don't know if this is a prominent street, but every article I read talked about South Salina. So Hmm. now you know. It was designed by a Mr. Thomas W. Lamb, and it is the city's only surviving example of the opulent theatrical venues of the 20s. So just picture it. It's it's a very cool-looking theater. Mm. Today, it's on the National Register of Historic Places. I'll say this every week. If you're on there, you're haunted. There's no way around it. <laughs> so it opened on February 18th of 1928, 
and they offered double bills of famous vaudeville stage acts and first run films. So they had like live performance and then they had film. Um, During the Great Depression and World War II, it actually continued to do well because people were trying to escape, you know, the the sadness and the literal depression for a bit Mm -hmm. and um, just kind of relax in the theater's grandeur. However, by the 70s, it suffered from low attendance and was in disrepair. So it closed in 1975 and it was actually in danger of being demolished, which looking at it, it just makes me sad to think that it was on that track. But luckily... In 1976, the Syracuse Area Landmark Theater, or SALT, was formed to preserve and renovate the venue. So in 1977, they held this benefit concert by Harry Chapin, and the group successfully raised 65 grand to purchase the property. And at that point, they renamed it the Landmark Theater as we know it today. Salt ultimately gained ownership of the theater while the remainder of the building, um, including its upper floors, remained with the then owner, the Sutton Real Estate Group. But finally, they purchased the first two floors and started a $16 million renovation project in October of 2010 that lasted for a whole year and some change until November of 2011. So they expanded the backstage area. They added new dressing rooms and green rooms. They updated the whole space in general. They really wanted it to appeal to like long-term, like long-standing acts that would be in the theater for a while. So now for the hauntings, which Mm -hmm. began only two years after the theater opened in 1928. Oh, So it did not take long for (laughs) shit to pop off. Huh. Today, there are three main spirits said to haunt the theater. The most friendly is named Clarissa, who was an actress, and she fell from the balcony in 1930. Oh, no. Yes, tragic. It's said that the scent of lilacs, which were her favorite flower, often trail through the theater as she wanders across the stage. Employees have also smelled lilacs in this tunnel that runs underneath the theater, which is otherwise musty smelling. So they're always like surprised when they get this like big hit of a floral scent down there and they know it's her. Hmm. She is seen as a wispy white figure who floats through the building. So she just sounds classy all around. I mean, honestly, I was going to say it must be nice down there to get a floral smell every once in a while. Yeah, she's making it nice for the people. Right. Uh, That description makes me think... Of her as a meringue cookie. Oh my <laughs> God, she's gorgeous and delicious. <laughs> yes. I love it. Yeah, but paranormal investigators have even captured a woman's voice saying, I fell off, which had to be her, right? Who fell from the balcony. Yes. But they captured that exact audio, which is pretty wild and like proof that who people think is there is actually there. Then there's this stagehand known as Oscar who likes to keep watch over the place. So his death was pretty tragic too. He was electrocuted one night while working on the lighting board, which, ugh, what a way to go. Today he's known to flip the lights on and off when he's feeling a bit restless, which honestly, I would too. 
Uh, he's seen as a full body apparition and has been known to spook guests and employees alike because he's vanished right before their eyes. He will look like a full ass person and then poof. Gone. gone. He's opaque and then he's gone. And then he's gone. Here and gone. That's Oscar for you. Then there's this guy, Charlie, who was a janitor at the theater. He actually lived there in the basement as a caretaker during the 1970s. And he was an older gentleman and actually ended up dying of natural causes downstairs. But he still takes the job that he did there very seriously. People have actually seen piles of dirt and debris being moved about the theater as if someone is like sweeping them up. Can you imagine just like seeing a pile of dirt just like sweeping itself up? (laughs) That's like a Disney movie. I think it's cute. Termites. It's termites. (laughs) (laughs) Um, honestly, though, Charlie is welcome at my house anytime. Would love to have an extra hand around here so he can truly come on over anytime he'd like. But the theater actually embraces its resident spirits and they hold haunted tourists to showcase them. They have these annual tours, which actually act as fundraisers for the theater, which is pretty cool. They they turn uh, a pretty... A, pretty good penny off of it um and they're held in october with the assistance of the central new york ghost hunters so it's like a legitimate ghost hunt with the real paranormal investigation team and hopefully they'll be back at it this october maybe someone wants to check it out and let us know how it goes i know we've got some new york listeners so holler if anyone has been there or ends up going in october because I got to know about these folks that are still there. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. There you have it. I can, uh, if you guys feel like popping on over to the Palace Theater. I would love to pop over there. We're just going to do a little pop. Pop on over. Pop. Pop. Just going to pop right on over. So the Palace Theater is located on Broadway at West 45th Street. And it was built in 1913 by a Milwaukee-based architecture firm, Kirchhoff and Rose. Ooh, they sound so, fancy. They He's sound delicious. So Am I hungry? <laughs> Am I hungry today? I Maybe. Know. I'm hungry, yes. Meringue, delicious. <laughs> <laughs> so, according to Lisa M. Santoro of Curbed New York blog, Kirchhoff and Rose were somewhat limited in their design. So um, they had to design like a three-level auditorium with 16 boxes arranged along the walls towards the stage. And this is because the theater was located within a 10-story office building and surrounded by existing buildings on each side. So they had to really, they ha- this was a thinker. They kind of had to think, like, they had to build up rather than across. Gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. Designed in a neoclassical style. It had moldings of fruit festoons and bead and reel. It outlined the panels in the walls and the ceilings. Just beautiful. So it was originally famous for its vaudeville shows, vaudeville as we've talked about before, it's basically burlesque comedy, song and dance. A good time. Sign me up. Sign me up. <laughs> you know? 
It's also known for hosting the greats like Bing Cosby, Mae West, Fred Astaire, Bob Hope. So the palace was the place to perform and the place to go for the hottest entertainment. Simple as that. After, or actually during the Depression, um, the, the stage was turned into a movie theater and renamed the RKO Palace. And a few decades later, in 1967, stars such as Frank Sinatra, Harry Belafonte, Danny Kaye, and Judy Garland. <gasps> Judy. Oh, Judy. Yeah, I love her. Right? Had, they had their final New York performances. Ooh. <laughs> Rumor has it, and here's where we're going to get spooky. Oh. <laughs> Judy Garland herself what? haunts the theater. No. Uh. That's where she's at. If you're looking for her, no. love to hear it. Love to hear it. Mm-hmm. I know. I can find her. You're saying, thank God. If you if you go and you're looking for her, her presence is felt near a door that was built especially for her at the rear of the orchestra. Oh, okay. So just go there. Go to the rear of the orchestra. Oh, Do I have beauty. to sing a song? Just go to the rear. I think just go to the rear. Okay. Just go to the rear. Just go to the rear. Y'all, I just want to take a moment to say Judy is such a beauty. And my goodness. Y'all, I have this huge Judy Garland poster that I've been like waiting to get framed until we have like a bigger house. But it's from this old Judy Garland record. And I ordered this like million year old record just so I could have the poster because I was obsessed with this poster of her. Wow. So cool. What a queen. Dude, mad respect. I can't wait to see that. I can't wait to see up in the her at the theater. Oh. Right? In the rear. In, in the rear. rear. Catch her in, in the rear. rear. <laughs> Catch her in the rear. Catch Judy in the rear. Say. Catch her in the rear. Catch her in the rear. <laughs> During two... <laughs> so y'all know how much I love Annie. I think you guys also love Annie. Of course. So in 2011, the Annie actor Ryan Vandenboom claimed to have heard a disembodied voice say, Judy, while he was in his dressing room. He was just hanging in there alone, and he just hears, Judy! So, I don't know. What are the odds? What are the odds? Is that like one ghost looking for her? One ghost (laughs) looking for the other ghost? I don't know. They playing games? What's going on? Another ghost that has been reported at the palace is a mysterious figure who passes open doorways late Ooh. at night. And so I meant, I don't know if I mentioned Lisa. Yes, I think I mentioned Lisa from Curb.com. She gave us all the deets on the palace haunts. And she discusses this apparition of a tightrope entity. And it is said to foreshadow a viewer's death. So if oh. if you're looking for Judy in the rear and you see a tightroper, you gonna die. Oh, oh no. No, no, no! I know. That's I know. not okay. I know. So this acrobat. This was in the 1950s. An acrobat, Louis Barcelino. He would attempt this tightrope walk without a net, and he ended up falling to his death. Oof. Very sad. Very sad. Now, there are different versions of the story. So stagehands have claimed that when the theater is empty, 
Lewis's ghost can be seen swinging from the rafters. And then he lets out this like horrific scream. And then he reenacts his nosedive. Oh. oh my gosh. Which sounds very dramatic to me. He's Other a performer sources. in life and death. <laughs> yes. Right? I think he's show. shown off. Yeah. He's shown off for Sounds Judy. like it. I mean, you know what? If you're if you're on the other side, why the hell not? Go for it. Exactly. Do what exactly. you love. Do what you love. And don't stop. Other sources have seen Lewis walking a tightrope from the house left box up to the mezzanine. A New York Times article from 1935. Oh, damn. Take us back right? in time. <laughs> Taking us back. They've, well, that doesn't make sense because that had apparently happened in the 1950s. I'm going to, I'm going to redact my 1950s statement. So this okay. happened at some point. A live redaction. So this, yeah. <laughs> Unless the New York Times article is dated wrong. But this article disputes this fact and says that there was an accident involving Lewis at the palace. Um, However, he was reported as only badly hurt and did not actually die. Oh. So who's, who's to say, honestly? No one knows. And as we were saying before, you know, do what you love. Just, you know, keep keep doing it in the afterlife. Why not? Some people think that Lewis is embarrassed because he fell in such a prominent venue. So he is just trying over and over again to like wow the crowd and restore his his reputation. And, you know, just fix, fix his wrong. <laughs> Poor which Lewis. Was his death. I know. Just let him rest. Right? He's tired. <laughs> He's been doing this since. <laughs> Either the 30s or the 50s. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Relax. So there, guys, there are more ghosts. Oh, jeez. Jiminy Cricket. I know. <laughs> I know. So there is apparently, pun intended, a man wearing a white gown who vanishes in the orchestra pit. Okay, well, I love this, you know? We got a man yeah. in a white gown, and you know, that's not a norm. No. No. Is he snoozing? Is he, does he just like how he looks in a white gown? Who's to say? Could I love anything. it. I want to see the gown. Is it like a full gown? <laughs> Is it like a sleeping gown? You know, what? Yeah. I mean, I'm, he could I'm have been in the chorus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. I'm envisioning like Ebenezer Scrooge in his, Me too. In his sleeping uh, sleeping gown. I am. I'm picturing that as well. Gorgeous, nonetheless. <laughs> he was last seen during the Beauty and the Beast. So I don't know if maybe that was like his fave or if he thought it was the worst and then decided never to come out again. Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Beauty and the Beast. If he saw the live action Beauty and the Beast that came out like in more recent years, he would with with um, Emma, Emma Watson. Watson. Mm-hmm. He would I, say I it's liked a no it, for him. but it's no Broadway. It's it's also no ori- It's no Disney like cartoon Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, I'm gonna say nothing beats the animation. No, you know, no. true, true, true. I don't disagree. Tale as old as time. Did anyone else a have tale. a crush on the beast? <laughs> yes. Of okay. course. Who didn't? That's why I like guys with long hair. I just wanted to make oh sure God. that we were all on the same page. 
Yep. 100%. Y'all, there are more ghosts. Oh, okay. oh my lord. At the palace. I know. I'll stop talking about the beast. <laughs> I mean, we love the beast. I think Judy and the beast would be... <gasps> Judy and the beast. Us? You know? Mash made in heaven. Mash made in heaven. Then- there have been sites of a forlorn... I used that adjective. <laughs> Reports just say she was sad. Mm. But I say she is forlorn looking. Nice. It's a little girl. She looks oh. down from the balcony. Forlorn. You cinemized that. I loved it. Anytime. There's also a boy who rolls toy trucks on the landing behind the mezzanine. I can like Good hear that sound. Oh, it reminds me of like the shining or like some kind of, you know? Yeah. Right? There have also been sightings of a man in a brown suit who walks quickly past office doors at night. I mentioned it before. Some think that he is a past manager who is just running around trying to make sure that everything is in order for the next day, for the next day's performances, which I don't blame him. Okay, I have to say, a lot doesn't exactly scare me, but a man in a brown suit, (laughs) (laughs) specifically, like, he just reminds me of some, like, 50s advertisement man. Yep. And I'm just like, I gotta get out of there. I'm picturing flares, a pocket watch with the Right, exactly. Oh, yeah. A whole look. Yes, a whole It's got that, like, subtle plaid print. Right. I'm like, I'm not... Yeah. She doesn't like brown suits. I can't. Brown. According to Haunts and History Doc blog, spot.com, there's also the presence of George. (gasps) A former manager. Is this perhaps the same manager Mm. in a brown suit that hung himself by the fly door? Goodness. Uh oh. Violent. It's reported that when you pass the spot where he ended it, you can smell the burning cigarettes he used to chain smoke. Ooh, yuck. So a lot has happened with the living, with the dead at the palace, but damn. All in all, it's a place you've got to go to if you're in New York City. It's it's a timeless classic, so much history, it's beautiful. And you got to go to the rear and see Judy, you know, and get so. dressed up in your best brown suit. When my youngest sister was in like first or second grade, her favorite color was brown. She only wanted to wear brown. Oh, hi. She said, I'm brown, so my favorite color is brown. Good for her. Okay, yeah, yeah, I get that. There's, okay, don't get me wrong, but like uh, when I'm picturing a brown suit, I'm thinking like 1950s something, you know? And like he's in advertising and that just scares me. Yeah, she doesn't like that. I sound like Mad Men. Yeah. It's scarier. Yeah. Spooky. All right. Well, I'll uh, finish us off here with a with a local one. Ooh. Keeping it close to home. Hell yes. In Austin, Texas, the Paramount Theater. I'm excited for this. Ugh, a good time. A very cool spot. Hosting movies all the time. It's off of South Congress. And it's a definite favorite because it has movie classic series like mm-hmm. like Casablanca. I'm talking Double Indemnity, Merrily We Go to Hell, Rear Window, stuff like that. Like it's got it shows those and that's true classics. True classics. 
And it's right off Sound Congress, downtown Austin, Texas. And it's been around you guys since 1915. Wow. An oldie bell believe it. And I mean, it's been renovated, but for that place to stand the test of time, you know, and still be show and still be entertaining us to this day. And they get some big names in there. Oh, yeah. I'm about to tell you who's coming up. But in 1915, (laughs) it opened as a vaudeville house. Kylie let us know what vaudeville is about. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that's what they were doing. It was renovated to fit the times, like, very early on. So it became a movie theater, like, around the 1930s. Uh, In the 40s, the theater was a joy for all moviegoers, and it even hosted a lot of premieres in town. But with the decline of downtown Austin, um, it kind of slowly just became a spot for events and still hosted movie premieres, which is super exciting. I mean, the uh what's it called the biggest whorehouse in texas yeah the biggest little whorehouse in texas <laughs> yes premiered there so it was still really pop and spot um and so now south by southwest austin film society all these huge places hold events there and we got it as a spot to go see classic movie series i mean right now Cute. you guys it's doing the office a murder mystery <gasps> Yeah, they're doing some kind of theatrical office, you know, the show. Yeah. Um, as a murder mystery. All right, then. Author in Imagine. Role. I know. Coming up, you got Rachel Feinstein, Joe List, Fortune Feinster, Fran Leibowitz, but that's going to be oh. virtual, so, you know. Uh, Fran. <laughs> I wish Fran was in town. That would uh. be great, seeing her walk the streets of Austin. Um, Colin and Brad from Whose Line Is It Anyway? Oh, my. I, as a child, was obsessed with Whose Line Is It Anyway? That <laughs> is, like, the nerdiest thing I've probably ever said. But I loved that show. You should go see them in July. I guess I at might. The Paramount. <laughs> <laughs> but another reason you should visit the Paramount, dude, is because it's haunted. Dang. And it's I... been around forever. So the first ghost we got here is a woman in a white dress. Classic. Of course. Classic. She's seen in the mazine. And, uh, I mean, she's definitely there, you guys, because this pianist came to town, all right? And recently came to town. I mean, probably like 10, 15 years ago or something. And he was, he snapped a pic looking up at the mazine. And bing, bang, boom, there was our girl, lady Mm -hmm. in white, just right there in the pic, you guys. It's hmm. clear as day. Clear as I think, day. I think we posted this like it could have been way back in the day, mm-hmm. but I will try and um, find the post and share it again because it it's clear as day. Yeah, she's just right there. And nobody else was in there with them. Even the person who was there says, I wasn't up there while you were snapping exactly. pictures. So there she is. And it's believed that she must be a wife of a Civil War soldier that died mm-hmm. during the night. It, during 1861 to 1865. Um, because you guys, during this time, Austin, during this time in Austin, where the Paramount is, is was the home to the, was the home of the war office of Governor Sam Houston. So, oh. yeah. Yeah. And crazy enough, in between the Intercontinental and the Paramount, 
there is still this um, this uh, wall that this freestanding wall that is the only remnants of the war office. Whoa! And it's still there downtown. Never so that knew. Being said, like having that you know wall still there, it's believed that this girl's coming into the theater looking for somebody to talk to about the fate of her husband. Uh. From the Civil War. I know. So she's hanging out in the museum, looking for Sam Houston to be like, okay, where's my baby boo? (laughs) (laughs) Where's my man? And Sam's not up there, but the wall is. So we got to go check it out because that's really tight. The second ghost is a man with a top hat who sits, he sits in a house right opera box. And he's smoking a cigar, apparently, in 20s attire. He's just chilling. And apparently, if you're over there, the place smells of cigar smoke. And this is like a non-smoking building. So it's a little Mm. suspect to everybody. Like, (laughs) something's going on. Either we got kids in here choking up cigars or there's a ghost. Choking up cigars. (laughs) The third ghost at the Paramount is a, it's a sad one because it's kind of recent, but it was a longtime Paramount projection, I can't speak today, projectionist, Walter Norris Jr. In 2000, in the middle of switching the reels for Casablanca, you guys, Walter passed away. Oh my goodness. I know. But poor Walter, he was such a good guy. You guys, the employees at the Paramount, like, they were devastated. So they built a shrine for Walter. This guy, Walter, he always loved to sit back at his projection table with a soda and a candy bar. He had a sweet tooth, you know? Living the life. Living the life. Watching his movies with his, you know, whatever, Dr. Pepper, whatever, and a candy bar. And so they built a shrine there for Walter, and they they had a soda and candy bar all the time. Well, one day there wasn't a soda and candy bar there, <sighs> and the projection the projector just kept going out. Well, just we know failing. why. Somebody ran up there. They go, "Where's the soda and the candy bar? You guys, grab me a Hershey's." They brought that that stuff up. Everything was started fine. Working. Everything was fine. Just give Walter, Walter said, what he needs. I was hungry. I was hangry. And that was it. But yeah, so I, I, I advise going there on a Casablanca night. Grab a soda and a candy bar and see if you can see Walter up in the projection. Oh, sweet Walter. Sweet Walter. Wow. It's a crazy place. Now I can't wait until the next really time I get old. to go there. I know. It's like... It's right down the street, and we never go. I know. Well, so when I used to um, work in an office and not from my yeah. house, my the office was a block from the theater. I'd just say hi to it every time I went to pick up my Chipotle on the corner, you know? Yep. I, that's exactly what I do. I'd always look in, you know? Yep. You got to keep an eye on things. You got to keep an eye on your precious, yeah, your precious ones. It's definitely got a vibe, though. I, um, I've been to a few shows there in my day, and just, like, walking past it, you can definitely feel the energy of, mm-hmm. you know, the past. So We have to find that wall, though, for sure. We got to. It's got to like, be that is, some sort of alleyway. 
Yeah. Where I thought you were going with that was um, like the servant girl annihilator story, which was like one of <gasps> America's first serial killers, which was in Austin. And oh. it was like in homes that were downtown. And oh, a lot of no. them were like around that area. So I thought that maybe there was a home there, but that like this, the war office is crazy too. Yes. Sorry. I couldn't even spit that part out. That one was hard, but yes, the war office of governor Sam Houston, that's where it was. So cool. During the civil war. The more, you know, the more, you know, and you know, if you're doing a haunted Austin tour, there is so much around that area. Like the Capitol Mm -hmm. is right there and it's super haunted. Heck my office building that was right there. Haunted Super as Yeah. You know, <laughs> that all whole of it. street. That yeah. whole, that's the oldest street. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's so, so much going on. I used to work on South Congress in like a boutique and the building was obviously very old, but upstairs you could tell it used to be a brothel because it had this like long hallway with a bunch of little rooms on the side of it. And my, uh, the woman who owned the boutique that I worked at, she was like, yes, the, the spirit of the madam has spoken to me before. So yeah, all Congress just in general, very, very haunted street. So if you're ever in Austin, take a stroll, see what you feel. Cause it's, it's alive. Spirit's alive. It's alive. Alive She's alive. Wow. Dang, now I can't wait to to catch a flick or a show somewhere someday. Right? I'm dreaming big. It's the little things that we took for granted, you know? Honestly. Yeah. Our time's coming, though. I can feel it. Oh, yeah. All right. Just around the river bend. Just around the river bend. Ah, another classic. Well, gals, Kylie's hungry. She needs a snack. Oh, bless her. Uh, We're saying sayonara. And until next time, stay spooky. Bless me. Bless her. Mm.